Importance of the Camp Meeting The camp meeting is one of the most important agencies in our work. It is one of the most effective methods of arresting the attention of the people and reaching all classes with a gospel invitation. If our camp meetings are conducted as they should be, they will indeed be a light in the world. They should be held in the large cities and towns where the message of truth has not been proclaimed, and they should continue for two or three weeks. It may sometimes be advisable to hold a camp meeting for several successive seasons in the same place, but as a rule, the place of meeting should be changed from year to year. Instead of having mammoth camp meetings in a few localities, more good will be done by having smaller meetings in many places. Thus, the work will be constantly extending into new fields. A mistake has been made in holding camp meetings in out-of-the-way places and in continuing in the same place year after year. This has been done to save expense and labor. But the saving should be made in other lines. In new fields especially, a dearth of means often means it difficult to meet the expense of a camp meeting. Careful economy should be exercised and inexpensive plans devised, for much can be saved in this way. But let not the work be crippled. This method of presenting the truth to the people is by the devising of our God. When souls are to be labored for, and the truth is to be brought before those who know it not, the work must be not hindered in order to save expense. Subheading, Securing Attendance. At one time, as we were preparing to hold a camp meeting near a large city where our people were but little known, I seemed one night to be in an assembly met for consultation as to the work to be done before the meeting. It was proposed to make large efforts and incur heavy expense for distributing notices and papers. Arrangements were being made to do this when one who was wise in counsel said, Set your tents, begin your meetings, then advertise and more will be accomplished. The truth spoken by the living preacher will have greater influence than the same matter will have when published in the papers, but both methods combined will have still greater force. It is not the best plan to follow one line of effort year after year. Change the order of things. When you give time and opportunity, Satan is prepared to rally his forces, and he will work to destroy every soul possible. Do not arouse opposition before the people have had opportunity to hear the truth and know what they are opposing. Reserve your means to do a strong work after the meeting rather than before. If a press can be secured to be worked during the meeting, printing leaflets, notices, and papers for distribution, it will have a telling influence. At some of our camp meetings, strong companies of workers have been organized to go out into the city and the suburbs to distribute literature and invite people to the meetings. By this means, hundreds of persons were secured as regular attendants during the last half of the meeting, who otherwise might have thought little about it. We must take every justifiable means of bringing the light before the people. Those who have become interested have to meet sophistry and misrepresentation from popular ministers, and they know not how to answer these things. The truth presented by the living preacher should be published in as compact a form as possible and circulated widely. So far as practicable, let the important discourses given at our camp meetings be published in the newspapers. Thus the truth which was placed before a limited number may find access to many minds. 
and where the truth has been misrepresented, the people will have an opportunity of knowing just what the minister said. Subheading, Business Matters. As far as possible, our camp meetings should be wholly devoted to spiritual interests. They should not be made occasions for the transaction of business. Workers are gathered from all parts of the field, and it seems a favorable opportunity for considering business matters connected with the various branches of the work and for the training of workers in different lines. All these interests are important, for when they are attended to at a camp meeting, but little opportunity remains for dealing with a practical relation of truth to the soul. Ministers are diverted from their work of building up the children of God in the most holy faith, and the camp meeting does not meet the end for which it was appointed. Many meetings are conducted in which the larger number of people have no interest, and if they could attend them all, they would go away wearied instead of being refreshed and benefited. Many are disappointed at the failure of their expectation to receive help from the camp meeting. Those who came for enlightenment and strength return to their homes little better fitted to work in their families and churches than before attending the meeting. Business matters should be attended to by those specially appointed for this work, and as far as possible they should be brought before the people at some other time than the camp meeting. Instruction in canvassing, in Sabbath school work, and the details of track the missionary work should be given in the home churches or meetings specially appointed. The same principle applies to cooking schools. While these are all right in their places, they should not occupy the time of our camp meetings. The presidents of conferences and the ministers should give themselves to the spiritual interests of the people and should therefore be excused from the mechanical labor attendant upon the meeting. The ministers should be ready to act as teachers and leaders in the work of the camp when occasion requires, but they should not be wearied out. They should feel refreshed and be in a cheerful frame of mind, for this is essential for the best good of the meeting. They should be able to speak words of cheer and courage and to drop seeds of spiritual truth into the soil of honest hearts. Subheading, The Training of Young Workers those who are in training for work in the cause in any line should improve every opportunity to work at the camp meeting. Wherever camp meetings are held, young men who have received an education in medical lines should feel it their duty to act a part. They should be encouraged not only to work in medical lines, but also to speak upon the points of present truth, giving the reasons why we are Seventh-day Adventists. These young men, if given an opportunity to work with older ministers, will receive much help and blessing. Properly conducted, the camp meeting is a school where pastors, elders, and deacons can learn to do more perfect work for the master. It should be a school where the members of the church, old and young, are given an opportunity to learn the way of the Lord more perfectly, a place where believers can receive an education that will help them to help others. One night, previous to an important meeting, I seemed in my sleeping hours to be in a meeting with my brethren, listening to one who spoke as having authority. He said, Many souls will attend this meeting who are honestly ignorant of the truths that will be presented. They will listen and become interested, because Christ is drawing them. Conscience tells them that what they hear is true, for it has the Bible for its foundation. Greatest care is needed in dealing with these souls. 
Let such portions of the message be dealt out to them as they may be able to grasp and appropriate. Though it should appear strange and startling, many will recognize with a joy that new light is shed on the word of God. Whereas if new truths were presented in so large a measure that they could not comprehend them, some would go away and never come again. Some in their efforts to tell it to others would misrepresent what they heard. Some would so rest the scriptures as to confuse other minds. Those who will study the manner of Christ's teaching and educate themselves to follow his way will attract and hold large numbers now as Christ held the people in his day. At every meeting, Satan will be on the ground that he may obtrude his hellish shadow between man and God to intercept every ray of light that might shine on the soul. But when the truth and its practical character is urged upon the people because you love them, souls will be convicted because the Holy Spirit of God will impress their hearts. Arm yourselves with humility. Pray that angels of God may come close to your side to impress the mind. For it is not you that work the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit must work you. It is the Holy Spirit that makes the truth impressive. Keep practical truth ever before the people. Do not make prominent those features of the message that are a condemnation of the customs and practices of the people until they have an opportunity to know that we are believers in Christ, that we believe in his divinity and in his preexistence. Let the testimony of the world's Redeemer be dwelt upon. He says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. Revelation 22:16. Whenever practicable, every important discourse should be followed by a Bible study. Here the points that are presented can be applied, questions can be asked, and right ideas inculcated. More time should be devoted to patiently educating the people, giving them opportunity to express themselves. It is instruction that men need, line upon line and precept upon precept. Special meetings also should be held for those who are becoming interested in the truths presented and who need instruction. To these meetings the people should be invited, and all, both believers and unbelievers, should have an opportunity to ask questions on points not fully understood. Give all an opportunity to speak of their perplexities, for they will have them. In all the sermons and in all the Bible studies, let the people see that on every point a plain, thus saith the Lord, is given for the faith and doctrines which we advocate. This was the method of Christ's teaching. As he spoke to the people, they would question as to his meaning. To those who were humbly seeking for light, he was always ready to explain his words. But Christ did not encourage criticism or cavilling, nor should we. When men try to provoke a discussion of controverted points of doctrine, tell them that the meeting was not appointed for that purpose. When you do answer a question, be sure to have the hearers see and acknowledge that it is answered. Do not let a question drop, telling them to ask it again. Feel your way step by step and know how much you have gained. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 6, pages 31 to 69.